This is Outcasting Overtime, from Media for the Public Good, producer of Public Radio's LGBTQ youth programs. Hi, I'm Chris, an Outcasting youth participant. In a remarkably short period of time, the coronavirus outbreak, COVID-19, has become a world pandemic. Many people are panicking, but already, just a few months in, we already know a lot about the new coronavirus, how it can spread from one person to another, and what steps we have to take to contain it even if those things are difficult and isolating and not everyone is doing them, but we're trying. The situation changes by the hour, but as of the time we're recording this piece, the Trump administration's response to COVID has been neither effective nor timely. But there isn't a total vacuum. Governors, particularly in the hardest hit states, are leading the way. And you can't get away from coronavirus on the news. The virus can affect everybody and everybody is talking about it. The magnitude of this pandemic and the speed with which it has swept through the world have inspired some people to say, this must be how it felt at the beginning of the AIDS crisis. But that isn't true. Let's take a look back. In the US, the first article about the new illness in the mainstream press was a short article on an inside page of the New York Times on July 3rd, 1981. The headline read, Rare Cancer Seen in 41 Homosexuals. Over the next few years, the number of patients grew quickly. The disease was originally called GRID, for gay-related immune deficiency. Initially, there was no evidence that it was contagious, but that quickly changed. The disease started to be noticed in other populations, including hemophiliacs, Haitians, and intravenous drug users, and calling it gay-related didn't accurately describe it anymore, so the name was changed to AIDS, Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome. At the time, people didn't understand how it could be passed from one person to another. Touching, kissing, sex, was it in the air or the water? Could you get it just by being in the same room with someone who had it? The search for an answer was complicated greatly by a major difference between COVID and AIDS, the incubation period, or how long it takes between when someone is exposed to the virus and when they get sick. With COVID, we currently understand the incubation period to be around two weeks. That means that a method of stopping transmission can be tried, and within just two weeks, we know whether it worked. So we figured out very quickly that the coronavirus can easily spread from person to person through the air and through surfaces that infected people have touched and we have figured out what we have to do to keep it from spreading even more. Social distancing, staying at home and away from other people, washing our hands frequently, and avoiding touching our faces. AIDS was much different. In the beginning, no one knew what caused it, but eventually a virus was discovered. Originally called HTLV3 and then HIV for Human Immunodeficiency Virus. Then we had to figure out how it was transmitted. But this was greatly complicated by the fact that the incubation period could be 5 to 10 years, With cause and effect separated by so many years, it was difficult. Eventually, it was discovered that HIV could be spread by exchanging bodily fluids. This could happen not only through sex, straight sex as well as gay, but also when intravenous drug users shared needles, and through medically necessary blood transfusions and other pathways. A blood test was developed. Gay men, regardless of whether they were infected, were banned from donating blood. Safer sex became a much greater priority, not just for gay men, but for everyone. The social and political backdrop against which all of this was happening was also very different. We very quickly come to understand that virtually anyone could get COVID, but in the beginning, AIDS was thought of as a gay disease, and gay men in particular were a despised minority. Many people thought that the people getting sick were getting what they deserved. When the virus started spreading, it was gay men who were vilified for bringing it into the mainstream. There had always been animosity towards gay people, and the AIDS crisis gave mainstream society a brand new reason to hate us. Because of this, AIDS was generally not a topic of everyday conversation outside the gay community. 
Infamously, President Ronald Reagan didn't publicly say the word AIDS until six years into the epidemic, and his administration's negligence caused funding for research and care to be held up. A lot of people didn't care about the gays and what they were doing to each other. The Catholic Church, which was opposed to birth control, also opposed the use of condoms to reduce the spread of AIDS. The epidemic was allowed to spiral out of control, while the rest of America either ignored it or tried to undermine prevention efforts. Inside the gay community, there were some who were unaffected, but for many people, it was nearly all anyone could talk about. Over time, the community banded together. Activist groups were formed to pressure the government to release the necessary funding. It wasn't easy, and lots of different tactics had to be tried. But somehow, people in the community found ways to take care of each other. Lesbians, who were at the lowest risk of infection, played heroic roles. We did an outcasting series on that a couple of years ago. You can find it on our website, outcastingmedia.org. Some people, out of necessity, came to know more about the virus than doctors did. And eventually, once the virus was understood in a broader context, particularly the context that it could be spread through heterosexual sex, America woke up. Funding was released, research was sped up, care for sick patients improved. And in the mid-90s, 15 years after the beginning of the outbreak, effective treatments were developed. People with AIDS suddenly had a future. But all of this happened much too slowly because of deep animosity towards gay people. According to UNAIDS, the number of people infected by HIV since the beginning of the epidemic is nearly 75 million. 32 million died. Imagine how much lower those numbers might have been if people hadn't hated gay men and had instead recognized AIDS as a worldwide health crisis right from the beginning. And imagine how you today, dealing with this new coronavirus, would be panicking if COVID were raging in your community but there was no effective public response. Imagine the sickness and death becoming pervasive among your own friends and family and asking, pleading, screaming for help, but no one listens, no one really cares about the infected, and the government sits on money that should be released for developing a vaccine or cure or for caring for those who are sick. Imagine the rage and grief you'd feel as your friends were getting sick and dying and the rest of the world was ignoring the whole thing. That's what it felt like at the beginning of AIDS. Obviously, this is a very brief description of what happened in the early days of AIDS, and we're glossing over a lot of details to present the big picture. In upcoming outcasting coverage, we'll take a more detailed look. Right now, of course, it's far too early to know how the COVID pandemic will affect the world. We know that merely being in close proximity with someone who is infected can cause you to get it. We know that it's much more serious than the seasonal flu. It's shameful that President Trump is dragging his feet, casting blame on China, disclaiming all responsibility, and passing the buck to the states, when a unified and comprehensive federal response is required. But at least let's be thankful that unlike what happened in the early years of the AIDS crisis, widespread prejudice and hatred towards a despised minority aren't causing the COVID pandemic to be ignored. Thanks for listening to Outcasting Overtime, a feature from Outcasting, Public Radio's LGBTQ youth program. Outcasting Overtime is a production of Media for the Public Good, based in New York. Our executive producer is Mark Sophis. Visit us at outcastingmedia.org to get information about outcasting, make your tax-deductible donation, watch outcasting videos, access our social media links, and listen to outcasting and outcasting overtime. I'm Chris. Thanks, and thanks for listening.